Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack on at a concrete time. I'm Jamie the Vet Williams. The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. And with me, as always, my tag team partner, Brandon. And there's the tag. What's up, Brandon? Not much, man. How are you? Man, I couldn't be any... Actually, I could be a little bit hotter. It's getting hot. Um, it's supposed to cool down this week, but they're going to wait till after I've recorded this very episode. So, <laughs> going to sweat it out through this one, but um, it won't be the hottest uh, episode of the summer, I'm quite sure. Um, but uh, that's what's up in this neck of the woods. It's just temperatures rising. And it's getting hotter everywhere. Like it's, it's been a scorcher here all day. Oh really? It's, st- it's still hot over here. How 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 hot is it over there? Uh, according to my computer temperature, it says seventy nine degrees. Oh my goodness! I would like seventy nine degrees. Right now it's eighty eight degrees. Damn. A six 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 thirty Pacific time. Eighty eight degrees. That's in May. It's not a great great temperature, but it's supposed to get down to the seventies and stuff later this week. But who cares? People talk about the weather when there's nothing else to talk about, and we've got things to talk about. Before we do that, uh, I think it's time for some acknowledgments. Whoop, whoop. See who we got hanging out with us tonight. We got, let's see, we got Lab Rat, we got Buckshot Kid, Lizbeth, our boy Colin, what is up, homie? We got Javi Uchida, we got Media M5. We got a lab rat, right? Yeah, I think we got. We could get an extra lab rat in there. You know, if, if we test something on lab rat, and you know, lab rat unfortunately passes away due to the side effects, then we got another lab rat. Which one of those are we on, by the way? Um, I think this current one has survived them all so far. So fingers crossed. Remember that show, Dinosaurs? Uh, the not the mama show. Yes. Yes. Remember how they used to do like those uh, like science videos that end up with a dinosaur getting blown up and they said, oh no, we're going to need another Timmy? <sighs> no, but it's, it's just been so long <laughs> since I've seen it. I'm sure I saw it back when it happened. Ah, uh, dinosaurs. Is any, is any uh, streaming service of, of the hundred streaming services out there, are any of them uh, streaming mm-hmm. that show? That is a great question. We'll have to Who find owns that, that? out. Yeah, yeah. let's look that up right now. Yeah, chat. Maybe you could help out with that. Um, speaking of streaming services, you know, while we're... Disney just, Plus. They, they got it? Yep. Huh. All right. Well, I'll be sure to uh, not have time to watch it. But, um, you know, on the subject of streaming services, uh, one thing that's kind of in the news... Is, um, you know, 
for you HBO Max subscribers, pretty soon HBO is going to be dropped from the title and it's just going to become Max. Like, just Max, you know. So in case you were confused, you know, about what HBO Max was, now you could be even more confused. HBO, um, somehow HBO Max made way, makes way more sense than just Max. Yes. Or HBO Go. Or <laughs> just an HBO app itself for streaming. You know, so this is one of those things, Brandon, where you probably... You know, if you're alive at this current time and you're of a certain age, you probably felt the world getting dumber around you, like, for quite some time. In real time. And and rapidly. It's like when it's like if, if a person gets sick and then their condition deteriorates extremely quickly and they pass away before you know it. It's the same thing with the world. It's like you're just watching the rapid descent. And you see the these people, like, it seems like, the stupidity is uh, mostly like grouped around the richest people, you know, supposedly the smartest business people or the people with the most money. And so you take a Warner Brothers Discovery, which is a merger that exists because, you know, Warner Brothers is hemorrhaging money or whatever. <laughs> so they've got to make this thing happen. And they start cutting the budget in all kinds of places, taking movies that are basically finished and not releasing them, just doing all kinds of things like you, you've heard about all this stuff. And then they, they, they rebrand as if this was necessary. This is just the latest thing that's happening. As if this is necessary, they're rebranding HBO Max as just Max. So does anybody know how much it costs to change like the promotional materials for your product like how much money is it to scrub the hbo off of everything to replace it with new you know graphics and new like everything that you've done you got to get rid of that and redo it for what just so that people are like gonna be like what is that is that the pepsi or you know nobody how is anybody supposed to wh what does this do what do they really think they're doing for their brand and for their image by causing more confusion with the branding and it costs so much money all the all the money you invested in coming up with the hbo max stuff that replaced the hbo go stuff that you know this is why you're hemorrhaging money you could have paid me just like a couple of thousand dollars to tell you not to do this and you would have saved millions uh why does this stuff happen man because people need excuses to have a job uh, this is the kind of thing that loses people jobs i would think i mean can you is, is there is there really any other way to look maybe, at it? Maybe, maybe somebody in marketing who like needs to justify their job. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, brother. If I was if I was an executive at Warner Brothers Discovery and someone came in with a pitch to have the exact same fucking name as something but just less of it, they would be fired. 
I'm sorry. Like, get your things. <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a raise. You know? you're, well, you're smarter than they are. Yeah, I am. And, uh, and it's or, sad. Or it could be a situation where they become complacent, lazy, and just don't care. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so look forward to that. Look forward to that change. There and and in the and in the emails they sent out, they say, "Hey, existing customers, one of two things is going to happen: either you're going to have to do nothing, or you're going to have to re-download the app." Oh, thanks. I need an email to tell me that. All right. Well, enough geniuses. Um, let's talk about other fun stuff. Uh, AEW Five Forever has a release date. Yep, and it's not the Christmas season. Dumb, dumb, dumb. No, you've got plenty of time to save up your money for Christmas. <laughs> if people are still buying digital or physical copies of games, that is, which I guess they are, uh, you now have from June 29th to save up your your uh, your your milk money and your lunch money and your newspaper route money and everything to to buy. Uh, you know, the game where you can turn everything into a bloody mess for Christmas. Red is a Christmas color. Um, all jokes aside, though, it's nice that, uh, you know, we got a concrete, concrete, there's that word, uh, release date for um, for Fight Forever. Um, I'm sure I will be, doesn't say what year. Oh, that's true, Lab Rat, doesn't say. Uh we just have a June 29th. It could be, <laughs> it could be, uh, it could be any year, I guess. Um, nonetheless, I'll be looking forward to that. That'll be a, that'll be a Twitch, uh, that'll be a Twitch debut. I'm even thinking of taking off work once I get closer to figuring out like what time the digital distribution will be. It's weird for me because I got to figure out like with my, if I want to request a day off, I got to figure out two days because when I go into work, it's one day. And when I get off of work, it's the next day. So that, that makes some of the, some of the scheduling, um, an issue, but, um, yeah. What about you? Do you have any interest in trying this out? To be honest, I really, out of, maybe out of morbid curiosity, like, okay, let's see what kind of video game they sank $10 million into. Well, we shall see. Um, Javi says by Black Friday that game will be twenty dollars. It probably will. Uh, but then again, maybe it won't because they're going to need to recoup these costs. <laughs> so, or of course, then again, you know, Tony Khan's a billionaire with money to throw around, and he's willing to take losses. So, I mean, this is a different animal that we're dealing with, right? And you know, um, this is a there. I don't. I know that wrestling fans don't really get it. A lot of people are really, um, what's what's the word? They're re they're they're really quick to to pounce on anything AEW does if they're like WWE fanboys or whatever. They they love to you know root for their failure and and to point out things. I mean, you could. Just if you just follow Dr. Jeff Lippman on Twitter, you can constantly see him taking every chance that he can to to snidely 
and uh, and low key try to bury AEW for every little thing that goes wrong there. But um, you know, in video game development, I mean, people like us know Brandon. Like, it's no, it's not very uncommon for games to take multiple years to develop, especially if you know they're doing it from scratch. How long was Final Fantasy VII remake in development? <laughs> Much longer than the original Final Fantasy VII, probably. Which that also had the that also had the from the ground up development. He said, "No, don't do that. That's the worst idea you've ever had, Vet. He has the worst takes on the internet." Hey, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> um, so, uh. So yeah, the, to 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 start a brand new wrestling game and get it out in like three years, um, it's not that not that um, uncommon. Matter of fact, um, three years is actually kind of quick, and they're probably going to suffer some for that. Um, but uh, their their big mistake was announcing it early. Yep, because that just that just you know that that set them up for the criticism and everything that they received and to be under a microscope and all that other stuff, right? Yeah, that's one of those things they should have sort of just kept under radar. I said like one of the things they just worked on in the dark until it was like once it started getting closer to release and they knew when it was going to come out. That's when you started saying that, right? So you know, all in all. Um, the proof will be in the pudding, I guess, but it was, it was good that when they do announce this date, that it's pretty close. Like now it's, you know, a little over a month away, five weeks away. So, uh, you know, there's that. Um, let's see what else is in the news. Oh, um, Mercedes Monet broke her ankle <laughs> last night. How unfortunate. My goodness. Uh, and did you see what happened? I did not see the actual spot. I saw the pictures of her being carried off. Okay. Well, the spot was whatever it was. The real story, and this is what I wanted to bring up for you, um, because this may be something that you have some experience with. Uh and it was it was quite bizarre. It's one of the more bizarre things I've seen in recent memory. Um, she she goes for one of those spots where they're both up on the turnbuckle, and I believe she was probably going to try to do like a sunset flip power bomb thing, you know. And uh, she ended up she ended up slipping when she climbed up on the top. And she slipped and just landed on her feet on the outside. And she turned it into a... To, to her and Willow Nightingale's credit, she turned it into a thing where it looks like she just like... She did like a hanging... You know, like a hang them on the ropes type thing. You know, like from the top. So Willow sold it and Mercedes fell. And she landed, I guess, on her foot and broke her ankle. She hopped back in the ring tried to continue the match and everything. And, um, they, you know, they improvised a finish supposedly. I mean, if you believe, you know, the wrestling observer or whatever, uh, that Monet was supposed to win the match and become the first 
new Japan strong women's champion. But uh, Willow Nightingale like hit her finisher, okay, and the referee counted one, two. Monet's shoulders did not move, and he stopped the count. And he tried to say like he tried to signal like no she nope. got her shoulder up no nope. she got her shoulder up she nope. did not get her shoulder no 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 you count that three if they don't kick out that's on them that's right that's right also it seems very this this just seems very odd because it, it would have had to been if that's the case to switch the finish. That would have had to been Sasha's call in the ring on the fly. Like knowing, oh shit, my foot's broke. I'm supposed to win this, but I'm just going to have to give up the title anyway. So why not make somebody off of it? Right. And because there wouldn't have been time otherwise. If there was, um, the ref wouldn't have not counted that three. Because especially because what happened uh willow just picked her up and hit the finish again and the referee counted to three it was, so it was, yeah it was like the the rock angle finish no way out 2001 right so uh that was awkward um they played it off well uh but um except for the the referees part i'm talking about like post you know the post match that was the main event so they played her music she got a post-match you know, speech, all that stuff. It was like, okay, you know, like it, it was like it was meant to be, but that one spot right there where the referee stopped himself, it wasn't even, there was no debating it. Even the announcers were trying to like, you could see it. You, you could, you could, you had a good view of it right across the way. You know, you, you could see her shoulder was up like one millimeter. Like, no, it wasn't. It was not. No, no shoulder has ever been more down. Then Mercedes' shoulder on that pin. Oh my God! How embarrassing. Nope that that was like the number one rule that was drilled in my head when refing is you count the three. If they don't kick out, that's their fault. Yep. Well, you notice that with a lot of these referees these days, like when they count these near falls. They stop themselves because they know it's a kick out and the person kicks out on time. But if this shit was real, you would not stop yourself. You would have thought that's the third count. And the person would have just like kicked out and you would have had to say, nope, nope, it was two, it was two, because your hand would have already hit the mat. You wouldn't be expecting to stop yourself. But these guys all like visibly are able to like get that close to counting the third you know and nobody would do that if this was a real sport you would you would have just assumed that that was the three and been wrong right i mean you know what i'm saying right like i'm explaining this right right um but yeah so that was that was a thing but congratulations to willow nightingale your inaugural new japan strong women's champion um let's see yeah, and I, uh, I, will, I will give Mercedes the credit. She was thinking on her feet and did the right thing in that situation, in my opinion. Well, she was thinking on her foot. I'm sorry. That was a, I had <laughs> no, to. That, it that was, was right there. It was right there. I don't mean to <laughs> laugh at her. I love Mercedes. 
<sighs> yeah, bless her heart. I mean, she did, yeah, she tried to finish the match. There wasn't much of the match left at that point. At least, I mean, I don't know how much of the match was left, but, I mean, what they did didn't last too long. But she was trying to hop around a little bit um, and just couldn't put any weight on it. So she basically probably just said, just pick me up and hit me with the finish. And then the referee fucked it up. <sighs> well, yeah, so that sucked. Um, let's see, any other, uh, any other big news or any other topics you want to talk about before we... I I think we can talk about the collision CM Punk AEW news. All right. Well, what do you have to say about it? It's Tony needs to st- he needs to be a boss. He needs to stop being a fan and being everybody's friend and be a boss. Like this whole like, all right, we're gonna split the roster because you guys can't get along. Is that's that's middle school. That's that's elementary school shit. Well, do you really think that's what's happening, or do you think that's a narrative that's being spun by people who are guessing? That is a good question. I honestly don't know. Right. None of us do. A lot of There's a lot of presumptions. You know, like, you see people, like, assuming a lot and presuming a lot. You know, you... you People are saying what Tony is supposed to do and what Tony's supposed to be like. I don't know if he is or if he isn't. I know that if this was a situation that was under my control, I'm certainly not going to say, well, I guess these people can't get along, so I'm just going to make a different show. I don't think anybody would naturally think that. I think it was an opportunity that arose for a problem to be solved not necessarily that it was a solution to a problem created like how does this solve like just having another show on the air why why would you go that expensive route um if that was the only reason it was probably a case of um you know them wanting more programming or at least like having a spot open and then him saying, like, man, I got a lot of people that aren't getting on TV. Also, these guys don't like these guys, so they all work out. Um, but that doesn't solve the problem of when you got a pay-per-view, if you've got matches that you built up, you're not going to have separate pay-per-views, are you? Or are you? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I remember when WWE did that. That was horrible. Those papers were so bad. They just they felt so bare and thin. Right. Yeah, matches that you never would have had on a pay-per-view, you had to have. Um, it was like... <laughs> I was listening to to uh, Conrad and JR talk about Judgment Day 2003, and he had a match... There was a match on there. It was like a six-man tag. I don't remember what the other team was, but one of the teams was like... Was it... It was like... Johnny Stamboli, Chuck Palumbo, and John Cena? <laughs> what? I was like, what? That happened? I mean, I'm sure I saw it, but I don't remember it. So, yeah. This is not a good solution if you actually have a deal. The other thing is, I'm not sure with all the stuff that's surrounding this, 
like, you know, the stories keep changing, you know, literally and figuratively. So they, they show pictures of like a press release that has CM Punk's name on the, on the thing. Then it, then, then it's, it's changed to where it's not on it. So now people are thinking like, oh, well, because they're, they're reporting, oh, well, it was all about a steel. We wanted a steel to have, he was supposed to have a job. Uh, but then they said he doesn't have a job. So CM Punk's holding out. However, it was also reported that, um, a steel has been working remotely for AEW the entire time. So yeah, so, what's what's going on? Yeah, so who's who's telling the truth? Is he working there or is he not working there? Um is that something you would really try to pull over on like your biggest your biggest name star? Just are you gonna are you gonna screw everything up over a steel? That doesn't seem <laughs> like something you would do. However, we did just talk about people with money being stupid, right? Yep. So I don't know, but even even that doesn't seem like a Tony Khan thing. I I don't know. It, I I my instinct tells me that they were just trying to mm, get people talking and drum up interest to tune into Collision to see if he actually will show up, like to get a big number, you know. And maybe they feel like if they have a controversy here. That would outweigh just actually billboarding that he will be on there for sure. Um, and maybe they had planned to do that, and then somebody suggested, "Well, what if we, what if we have a like make it like a surprise again or something?" I don't know. So now they're saying, "Oh, we may not have the building in Chicago." Like, I mean, do do you really book a building and then pull out of it? I don't know. This is it's yeah. it's way too many people that don't know what they're talking about trying to talk about this and it's making everyone confused. Or of course I I don't trust the intelligence of the people involved to do this. This could be one big elaborate work with with the people in AEW sending out actually like um giving multiple in, different intentionally giving different and contradicting information to the dirt sheets to throw everybody off and then ends up being one big swerve that they're all in on that's what my mind goes to at first but i just don't know anymore so here's which, what i think which, if they're smart that's what they're going to do is they're going to work everybody into thinking one thing work another way but then trying to make some money off of it and draw viewers yeah well here's the question do you draw more viewers if you advertise your stars or do you draw more viewers if you rile up the internet marks i'd say if you advertise your stars right because guess what everybody that on the internet is already gonna watch that show exactly. or not or they'll just wait <laughs> you know but like if you tell if 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 I'm an internet mark and I don't really care about AEW or CM Punk, but this drama is something that I'm interested in, perhaps if you stir me up, I will be at Collision on TNT on Saturday live to see what they're going to do instead of like wait till later to catch it on the internet or just read about it uh on twitter or to watch gifs of it or whatever like 
maybe that. The people that actually watch TV to watch TV, I don't really know how many of them actually watch AEW. <laughs> like, or if how many of them just fall asleep with the Big Bang Theory on after dinner and uh, then Dynamite plays in their house. Like, I don't know what the actual ratio is. Nobody does, but I don't know. If you... This is a thing. Like, it is it is a real conundrum in pro wrestling. Do you advertise a surprise, a, a potential surprise, to make sure you have as many eyeballs on it as possible, even knowing that just because you advertise it doesn't mean people will care? Or do you take the chance of creating a big moment for the people that do tune in and make other people feel like they'll miss out if they don't tune in every week, one is a long-term gamble. You know, if you hype up, if you hype up this thing, if you hype up CM Punk being on collision, right? Let's say you say he's going to be there, you know, like he's definitely going to be there. CM Punk, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. And then you tune in to watch it. And sure enough, he's there. And then the whole show stinks and you don't want to watch it anymore. It's not going to matter that CM Punk was there. If you tune in expect not knowing what to expect because you've heard about some of this drama or whatever, or if you just wanted, if you just heard, it, maybe you don't follow along with all this news on the internet. Maybe you just hear AEW's getting a new show, so you want to check that out. And then CM Punk comes out, and it was a surprise and a big moment. Maybe that'll feel like a bigger deal and make you want to watch to see if you're going to see another moment You know, the following week. So I think one's a long-term strategy. The other one's a short-term strategy. What do you think? I think with this particular situation, there's a way you can kind of get both to work. All you got to do is just say, uh, on the first episode of Collision, CM Punk speaks. That way you know he's going to be there, but you don't know what's going to happen or what he's going to say. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. All right. <laughs> like, yeah, like anything could happen. He could say anything. Uh, you could have the Bucks, the Bucks and Omega run down and try to jump them. You could have, you know, FTR run out. You could have, I mean, I highly doubt they would ever do this because of the real, real heat and Punk flat out saying it was nothing to do with this guy. You could have, if they wanted to go this route, you could have Colt Cabana run down and, and do something. Yeah. A Steel well, run out and do something. Just, whatever you want to do make it a surprise make it a moment right um well some thoughts in the chat uh collision more like train wrecks as lab rat javi says collision is just going to end up as an extended version of rampage uh buckshot kid says that's why you bring in cm punk at the end of the show i would hype the show saying punk will be here colin weissong saying a steel the nash of the group colt is the hogan revealed to be the third guy of the group That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever call Cabana the Hogan of anything. Um, teasing by leaving a box of Mindy's muffins half eaten? Yeah. They would be half eaten by Lab Rat, too, just to test and make sure that no one tried to poison these muffins. Um, Liz says, do I really care about car crash? 
Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? But I will tell you this. Everyone's going to try to find out one way or the other. Maybe they won't watch it, but they might, you know, they'll be watching social media and be like, all right, what happened? You know, um, but this whole thing's ridiculous. I'll just tell you what I would do. If this, if this whole, if we just take everything on the surface of what's been reported as all true, which I'm almost 100% sure it's not all true. I mean, I'm sure there's truth to it, but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm 100% sure it's not 100% all true. Um, if, if the, if the negotiations or whatever are really being held up by fucking a steel, fucking do what you need to do to get punk on the show. If that's true do that i will tell you this i don't think i i am 99 sure that cm punk is not the type of guy to miss a booking because he doesn't agree with some of the things that are being done he's not that kind of a guy he may be a dick but he's not an unprofessional dick despite what people like to say um He's just a, he's just a regular dick. He's just like me, a fucking asshole. He's not he's not unprofessional. So um, I find it really hard to believe that he would miss a booking over something like this. I really do. Um, Medium Five says, "What if AEW doesn't care about A Steel? I don't care if they don't care. It's part of the package. It's like CM Punk. It's like CM Punk having an assistant." Hey, like, I have an assistant. Can you take care of them? Yes, sure we can. I mean, we paid Joey Janela for how many years? Are you really going to quibble over Ace Steel? Come on. So. Yeah, don't, don't not do this, guys. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid like Warner Brothers Discovery with HBO Max. You see, it all ties in, really. It's the same company. It's overseeing all this. Um... So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, any final thoughts on that situation? Just, well, let me ask you, do you, do you, what do you agree? Like I'm saying, do what it takes to get the deal done. Do you agree yes. with that? Or do yes. you say, fuck CM Punk, we don't need you. Do what you need to do to get the deal done. I mean, if it, honestly, if it were me, I would sit Punk, the Bucks, Omega down in the room together and say, Look, you guys can either work together and we can make some great te- uh, wrestling television programming and a lot of money off this, or all four of you can leave. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, and just as a final, I'll address this. And Medium 5 says it. AEW doesn't value Steel, or he'd be there still. They could have kept Steel. This is their excuse to get rid of Steel. Well, like I already said, if you were believe the reports from whoever it was, PW Insider, Mike Johnson, or whoever was saying it, Ace Steel has already been working there remotely the entire time. And CM Punk hasn't been there, which means that he's been agenting other people's matches from home or whatever he's been doing. So, there you go. So, so it's not a question of, you know, their excuse to get rid of him because they didn't fucking get rid of him. Allegedly. <laughs> so Allegedly. Whatever. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, the other thing we should probably mention, uh, because it is such a big deal, is that this past week, superstar Billy Graham unfortunately passed away. 
Um, he was 79 years old, about to be 80. Uh, health had been an issue for him for a long time, like a really long time. Like, obviously, it was bad enough back in the 80s when I first saw him in WWF when he made his comeback that he couldn't really work. <laughs> you know, he, he was a color commentator there. Uh, so he's been precluded from any sort of action, whereas a lot of guys into their, you know, middle age years were still working and stuff like that. So he's had... He's had bad health issues for a long time, and I guess they finally caught up with him. But, um, you know, just truly uh, a pioneer in many ways in uh, professional wrestling. What are your memories of superstar Billy Graham from, like, when you first heard about him, saw him, legacy, everything? Uh, the first time I saw him was when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and they showed old clips of him. And I mm -hmm. first thought was, like, this guy looks kind of like Hulk Hogan, but I'm like, wait a minute, this guy was before him, so I was like, oh, so he was the guy who Hogan got everything from. <laughs> right. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Basically, everything that, uh, every, every wrestler that looked like a bodybuilder was probably looking up to a superstar, because there weren't really people like that. I mean, there was big dudes, and there was dudes with muscles, but like competition bodybuilders that looked a certain way, you know, and let's just say it, you know, in that in that steroid era in the 60s when they were being introduced and experimented with, you know, there weren't a lot of guys that like look like that. Right. So, that was, yeah, he came out around the area where like most of us were like the beer belly bar brawlers look. Yep. Or there'd be like just a like or you had you know, the sh or you had the shooters like your hack and schmitz and your luthezes yeah luthez was looked like he was in fucking shape and he had muscles but he wasn't like jacked. ridiculously shredded with no yeah and and jacked so um yes graham was like the prototype yep and so um you know you would see guys after him like that were just direct it wasn't even like hogan just, you can just even hogan, yeah, I was going to say, Hogan, you could say, was inspired because he definitely was. However, like, Jesse Ventura was just a straight ripoff. Like, he just ripped it the fuck off. He didn't even try to, you know, do anything different. So, um... But actually, but, that was one of the first things I thought. I was like, wait, this guy looks like Jesse Ventura. Yeah, kind of does look like Jesse Ventura. So, yeah, man, superstar Billy Graham, you know, not just a, not just a meathead the great promos you know that inspired a lot of people too um him and dusty were very influential in that sort of uh in that era of the gift of gab um so you had you combine that look with that talking um i haven't seen a lot of his matches because you know his prime was before my time a little bit but going back and watching the matches i i as I remember it, they were pretty good. Like I, th I thought he was decent, you know. Um, you know, as far as that goes, so uh, you know, not not even bad there. That's usually the knock on muscle guys now is they can't really work. But you know, superstar is pretty good, as, if, if I remember. So, um, um, yeah, and th that could have been a whole different thing if if I'm I'm sure Vince Junior who would have loved to have just put the company on his shoulders 
But unfortunately, he wasn't running things yet, so we got a Bob Backlund. Um, but uh, who knows how things might have been different with a longer, a longer superstar reign. Um, but yeah, definitely like the idea of a wrestling champion that a lot of people in the modern era that are still remembering the Vince, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon bodybuilder wrestling era. This is where it started. This is what it looked like. And so for better or worse, you know, that's, I think the legacy that he has. Yeah. He, he also kind of helped not really kind of, he did. He was a huge part in injecting a lot of more character and pomp and circumstance into wrestling. Oh yeah. And there was before, you know, there was the gorgeous Georges and everything like that, but you he know, was like the, the next stage. Yeah. The next stage is like, now it looks, now it looks like a chiseled out of stone Greek God, you know? So, um, while also yeah. like very colorful and flam, not, I don't say flamboyant, but bright and colorful, I should say. Right. Um, Media and Five says Graham was as great as Hunt's ketchup. Yes, like Hunt's ketchup, he was probably retaining a lot of water too. Um, so, in any case, yeah, rest in peace to superstar Billy Graham. Uh, one of the true, like everybody says, legend, and everybody says, you know, nice things, but truly a a, a legend and pioneer, um, and inspiration to so many wrestlers. Um, who knows what the landscape would look like without him today? It's hard to imagine. Yeah, that's um, definitely a butterfly effect. Yeah. So with that, um, shall we transition into this episode of Impact? Sounds good. Okay. Um, well, we get our usual recap to start the show. Um, and this episode is from uh, the 18th, 5-18, right? Um, that is correct. Uh, we're going to get our normal cold open match with uh, Trey Miguel versus Laredo Kid, uh, who's, you know, another... He's a guy that had a brush with death earlier that we talked about. <laughs> so, um, he... Uh, yeah, these guys have a match. It's a match. It's pretty good, I guess. Um, I didn't really find anything to complain about. Uh, the finish is uh, he rips the guy's mask off and rolls him up. Trey Miguel does. And um, then he uh, he proceeds to hold the show hostage through a break. Uh, before we get to that and what happens afterwards, did you have any thoughts on the match or any notes or anything? I do want to go back to the recap that made it was a major disconnect with the angle they did with Macklin and Rhino. Like, why do they have Macklin be so afraid of him when he could easily beat Matt Rhino with his own finish and then destroy him like he did after the match? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, as far as the match goes, I, I, this is probably the best match those two have had that I've seen so far. They're obviously never going to get that timed right with uh, his entrance. And I liked the way that they got into the dive that Laredo Kid did. 
where it was like he went for it, Trey saw it, started walking away, then he ended up hitting on him when he didn't see it. Right. That was good. He uh, kind of dove at an angle. And it looked like it could have been awkward because they crashed in the barricade a little bit. But, um, you know, there you go. And Trey's, uh, I thought Trey's been doing a great job with his new heel character. I mean, everything he does in the ring, like he punctuates it with a heel character mannerism. Like true. He do, like he does not forget his character. Well, he's getting real heat. Because people are talking uh, in my Twitch chat about how much they wanted to beat him up, and uh, you know how much they don't like him, so. and that and that crowd's all over him too. So he's he's doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now you guys don't don't worry. We're we're not gonna, we didn't we're not going to forget mm-hmm. Brandon's impact. Okay, but we're going to do that at the end of the show this time because once you've seen this week's show, then. The show that he wrote for last week, now that you'll know how everything happened, you'll see how it makes sense. So we're going to try that and see how that works. Just don't let us forget. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, So anything else before uh, Chris Sabin comes out? Nah, I thought thought this was a great match. Uh, I mean, Trey's really falling into his new role. Well, I like this. All right. But that's, well, Chris, that's, sadly, this is probably, probably where the show peaked. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, let's start, let's, 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 let's start out, let's start out slow and peter off from there. I think that's the taper off from there. I, I forget who was that. That was like their joke. Maybe it was a god, who was it? It was um, another person that recently passed, Tracy Smothers, maybe <laughs> to say that. Let's start out slow and taper off from there, or whatever anyway chris saban comes out uh and he gets in there and uh he you know he's already made his intentions on being the exhibition champion again clear to us in his promo where he had to say nine times nine times and then he did it again here and then he said i'm chris saban bitch and uh there it is there's your goldberg 98 you know promo Yep. Just and as he, effective as Goldberg 98 on the mic, too. Yep, and Trey looked like a bitch by not doing anything. Right, which is good. He should look like a bitch if he's a heel. If he's playing that type of a heel who's a bitch, he should look like a bitch. The only thing I would have changed, it has something where Saban turns around and then he cheap shots him. Mm, that's good. But I, I have enough contact before matches these days, so I'll allow it. <laughs> Like, I'm so tired of, like, them getting wrestlers into a fight to sell me on a wrestling match. I just, it's so backwards. I'm so tired of it. It happens on every show. Everybody gets jumped all the time. Everywhere in the building, people get jumped. And then we just ring the bell and lock up, you know, whenever they eventually have a match. It's like, I, you hotshotted everything. I don't care. Um, but, yeah. I mean, and also, you're not going to you're not gonna have the guts to attack Goldberg. Right, you just, you know, he would just not sell it and immediately hit you with a finisher, right? So, Colin says, "Is Trey still missing the spray paint?" Yes, as bad as ever. I'm sorry, I forgot to make that note. It was, uh, this is among any any of his worst, you know, spray paints. He's lagging behind it by almost a full second. So, um, it's almost like, why are you even, why are you even trying anymore? 
I liked it in that um, that one arena in uh, Toronto where um, you know it was out of his reach, so he couldn't even try to do it. The screen was up too high. That was better. So, uh, all right. So next, um, Trinity is stretching by the one door that they like to use the, uh, the light on, you know, and again, I'll, I'll take this as a compromise. You know, you're, you're taking your one light, you're putting it on this one door frame that you have in this one building and you're changing it from brown to like, kind of like a purple. So, okay, fine. It, it you're, you're blending it well and I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, so Trinity's stretching by that door and then, uh, JV Dow comes up and, uh, you know, he says that, uh, Giselle Shaw won't be cleared till next week. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know that she still won't be cleared next week? You're kind of, yeah, it's not exposing... a violation. You guys not a violation of HIPAA. I'm just thinking it, it's a violation of not being a psychic because if she's hurt now, then she might still be hurt next week and you wouldn't know next week if she was going to be cleared or not. So maybe just a tweak to the wording of that. Just say she, she's, you know, she will be here next week. You don't worry about if she's cleared or not. Um, and she can tell you when she shows up that she's cleared, right? That's how you do it. You don't tell them that you'll be future cleared. Doesn't work like that. Um, but Trinity lets him know that she's got an open contract for Under Siege, so if Giselle wants to step up and sign that contract, is, she can step is, up and sign that contract. Is there any more lazy way to get to a match than to say, I have an open contract? Yes. But, it is pretty lazy. So, I'll give you that. Um, she did mention that already. She was just reminding us uh, that that was the case. She said it last week, I think. Um, so that's just them. If you're a viewer that somehow didn't watch last week, then... Just, oh, she has an open contract. I was wondering. Said a guy sitting at home watching Access TV. Um, so yeah, there was that. But yeah, Jay, um, you know, he's just the messenger for... Giselle here, uh, he's having a little bit too much overacting in this stuff, um, but you know it's fine. I guess better better over than under, right? Um, yeah. So, any other thoughts on that? Nah, just a simple setup to get to the next part in this whole whatever it is they're doing. All right. Uh, so Sammy and, uh, Sammy Callahan and Rich Swan sit down and reminisce to another time when Rich was a little more jacked and Sammy was a little less round. They've been friends for a long time and, uh, they're trying to, I guess, showcase some of that chemistry here with their banter, but it feels slightly scripted banter on at least one guy's part. Um... But yeah, this is just this is just to uh if anybody's sitting at home going like, "Huh? 
these guys are a team? Then this is, I guess, supposed to give you a little background. And they got photos of when they used to, you know, when they were starting out, became friends. So they tell that story there. It's like, all right, well, you know, I accept this. This is fine. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Uh, I mean, the thought process was definitely right there. You know, refreshes longtime viewers of their history, and the new viewers gets them up to speed of where, why these guys are a team, and how they know each other in their history. Yeah. Now, I don't know if these guys have ever been friends on air. Like, I don't recall. So they apparently they showed clips of the angle they did where uh, Sammy tried to get him to join uh, Ohio versus everyone. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that. Hmm. That could have been during the time I wasn't watching. There was a brief period there where I didn't get the channel this was on, which continues to this very day, but <laughs> now having to watch the show, I make sure I see it. Um. So, yeah. All right. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I, I like the idea of it. And I like the production of it. I don't really have any problems with it. Um, now, this this I have a problem with. We get uh, Ace Austin versus Jason Hotch of the Good Hands. He's the one that wears the trunks. Um, the other guy, John Schuyler, wears the long tights. So, uh, that's how you tell them apart. Because other than that, no, wait. Hotch is also the one that's got less body fat, I think. So, um, so yeah, these guys have a match. And if uh, if Ace Austin had a beard, he'd damn near be wearing the indie wrestling. He he just need a beard and a, a belt for his trunks, and then he would be like another Good Hands member because he's already got the carrot haircut. Um, but yeah, these guys. Uh, they have a match too. It's nothing I can, you know, write home about or recap. It's just an average match they had for TV because it was supposed to get an angle over. And the problem is you could have uh, got it done in seven minutes instead of a match that went through a commercial. Right. And, uh, you got, uh, Brian Myers on the outside, you know, he's now decided to take these guys under the learning tree, so to speak. Um, he punches Ace Austin in the face during, you know, some some uh, shenanigans or whatever. And uh, Hotch rolls him up for the win. So we got two matches in a row with a roll-up win. And it wasn't even like brass knucks punch. It's a straight-up punch. Yeah. That's it. That's all it takes. You get punched in the face by Brian Myers... And you can get rolled up by a good hand. So, uh, not it's it's not too bad of a finish. But again, if you're cutting the show together and you put a roll up finish back to back, it's noticeable at least to you know trained eyes like ours. And our job is to kind of train the fans too to look for these things. And so I'm sure a lot of them saw it. There you go. Um, but yeah, any other... Uh, what else do you got on that? Anything? Other than the... Man, that Scalar promo was bad. It was bad. 
They're always bad. The bad hands. <laughs> yeah. Long as it ain't a fucking schoolboy. It was a schoolboy, media. Sorry. It was a schoolboy. It was a legit school. There are two back-to-back schoolboy finishes. So, there you go. Um, I guess that's why... Maybe that's why they, uh, you know, edited the show in a certain way. Like, they put in the... They put in the extra backstage stuff, you know, between the matches. Maybe they were only going to put one thing in, but then they were like, oh, wait a minute. We just had the same finish in both these matches. All right, let's put some more shit in. I don't know. Who knows? Here's another thing. Um, uh, Bert Macklin is backstage, and I guess he's cool with the Champagne Army now. Um, so he's got a new mission for them. All they had to do was beat up Heath Slater. So my comment about he beating up Heath Slater never solving anything, I guess I was wrong once again. It's good enough to get Burt Macklin to like you. Yeah, that whole thing that what they're doing is just uh there's there's a lot more they could be doing with this that's better with those three guys. And they're just it's just so simple, cheesy and I don't want to say it, but lazy. Are you saying you're not invested in this uh, main event world champion title run here? I could be if there was more effort put into it. Oh, but there isn't. All right. Uh, Well, let's see if there's any effort into our next thing. Uh, Jordan Grace is with Gia. No music underneath. Interrupted by Alicia. And she says a bunch of stuff. I don't remember what it was. She was essentially accusing uh, Jordan of, uh, she said she intentionally attacked Dion and that she's basically kind of hinting at a Jordan heel turn. Okay. All right. Saying like, you're fake. I see through you. I see the real you, the whole, that whole thing. Mm. It'll sound like the lyrics of, uh, yep. Outside by <laughs> yep. Stained, but. Which she, which was kind of the message she was really saying, ironically. Hmm. Wonder if they worked that in. Um. But all right. Uh. Any other any other notes or? Nah, just simple, like one minute plot development. Really, all it really was. Yeah. Well, we don't want to linger on stuff too long. Um. So here's the here's finally the the debut of Trinity in the ring versus Kylan King, one half of the women's tag team champions. Um, well, I, I'll let you go first on this. Uh, I didn't. I was not a fan of this. Oh, really? I mean, Trinity's great in the ring. She can go. She's got great athleticism, but the promo skills are just... They need a lot of work. She needs to be produced. Because it just... Her promos just come across so, like, basic indie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the match itself... uh, I... What did it really accomplish? Other than just... Who went over? I don't remember. 
Trinity went over, right? <laughs> I would hope so. Yes. All right, so why would you put her over one of your tag champs? Well, you have to show that she's a credible threat. And they wanted to make sure they established that right out of the gate, that uh, Trinity may be a tag team champion, but she is, or not, uh, Kylan may be a tag team champion, but she's not on the level of this particular person. Um, I don't have a problem with the booking there. Um, because everything that they're doing, you know, like take, take, let's, let's take our personal view out of it. If the company's view, whoever's in charge, if the company's view is that they're bringing Trinity in to be a big star and a big deal, they're definitely doing that. They're promoting her. They're giving her the time. They're giving her whatever, you know, effects like she could have just came in and just been a regular wrestler, but they make sure to do the black light treatment with the, the glow in the dark gear and everything and the glow sticks and all this stuff. So they're, the announcers are, are selling it like the fucking rock came into the building. Um, it's they're, they're doing everything they can to make it feel like a big deal, which they don't always do when people come over to either just you know, help out for a taping or two, or even if they sign for a long-term thing, some people are just like, Hey, this person's here. All right. And now like, uh, Tom Hannafin is like losing his voice, yelling out that Trinity's coming out for a, a promo or something. <laughs> so they're definitely putting in their effort, um, to push, and uh, make her feel like a special. So that comes across on television, in my opinion. Uh, and part of that would be like, well, let's take a tag team champion, put them in a singles, and show that, yes, even as a singles, this tag team champion is no match. Oh, she didn't show that she was no match. They had a good competitive match. Um, and for, for that, the finish I would have had would be something where Taylor tries to get involved Botch interference, slip on a banana, peel Trinity up, one, two, three. Mm, yeah, well, I don't know. That'd be, that. that's what you would normally do. Instead, they tried to do something, uh, you know, something again to make you, to sell you on the fact that this is a big deal. Um, if they can maintain it and keep her a big deal keep her feeling like a big deal then maybe they can get something out of it but i mean impact's always going to struggle like they always have struggled it doesn't matter what they do or who they bring in it doesn't matter whether they were called impact or tna or whether it was the Jarretts or dixie carter running it it's just not the wwe so people aren't going to take it seriously you could bring in hulk hogan you could bring in kurt angle you could bring in all these people it's still just not the WWE. So they're always going to struggle with that no matter what. Um, in this case, what they're doing is they're making it a big deal or they're trying to make her a big deal. Trinity, that is. So for this match, like I said, I thought the match was pretty good. I've seen Kylie and King matches in the past. I've not been impressed. Uh, she definitely stepped it up here. Um, we had uh, 
the we had a submission win with what they were calling the Starstruck. So by getting that over, establishing that as a dangerous finisher. You know, if you're a Trinity fan who followed her um, from the WWE to here and want to see how she's doing, I don't think it's a precipitous drop-off for you. She kind of looks like she's way more important than she was in the WWE, the way they're treating her. So, there you go. Um, but yeah, and I don't agree with what media is saying about the, the intro. I thought the fans were quite into it. It's Chicago. They're into a lot of wrestling. They love wrestling. Um, so, you know. But we know that he's got documented vision and comprehension problems, so we'll give him a pass on that. Uh, Post-match, uh, Jay Vidal has got a message mm-hmm. from Shaw now. Um, and uh, he, uh, you know, he says that she will be there at Under Siege. And then he gets kicked. So, there you go. Cheesy. Cheesy? Okay. Cheesy. Well, this is uh, this is Jay Vidal's lot in life. He gets beaten up. Mm, yeah. Crowd made about as much noise as watching a senior citizen get hit by a car. Um, I don't even know how that, <laughs> how that, how that's supposed to be a, an accurate analogy, but, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's an impact crowd. They only make so much noise. That's just how it is. Um, the, uh, Champagne Army, their big plan was they beat up PCO. That's the mission. <laughs> Let's beat him up. They just go into a room where he's just standing there. <laughs> And then they beat him up, and they uh, did. And they did basically the experiment you saw that every high school student saw in their in their science class, where the teacher gets down and they do the thing where they have the brick smashed on their stomach with a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, well. They also they also have to answer the question of why are there a bunch of flattened cardboard boxes in front of a fire exit? <laughs> yeah, like. Like who who would have ever done that and for what reason? Hey, we need to uh we need to get all these boxes and lay them out here in front of this exit door. Why? I don't know. The real reason is because they're covering up whatever, you know, whatever mat he was supposed to land on when he gets slammed on the floor. Um and then, you know, you got these concrete tiles also conveniently laying around. So you want to make sure that you, you know, you stack them on PCO before you hit them with the sledgehammer rather than just hit them directly with the sledgehammer. I mean, that's, of course, what anybody would do. That'd be their first instinct is to pile stuff on, you know, and then do the fucking dim mock with a sledgehammer. So, yeah, not great. Probably the dumbest thing on the show, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and this is a main event guy that you're doing this. So, okay. Yeah. Mm. 
Coven vines Jessica with her hourglass. Still waiting after a week. Very good. Or was it a week? Has it been two weeks? I, I forget how long she's two been weeks. standing there. Two weeks. Has it been two weeks? Because I don't remember her last week. I didn't remember if she wasn't there last week. But I also don't remember if she was there last week. So No, she was not there last week. I remember I actually had to add a segment of this whole angle onto the rewrite. Okay. Yeah, so we'll talk about that then. Um, yeah, this is just... This is also not good, I don't think. No, you know, I already don't like the premise of all this, but... Just and even even what this was was just looked like you know. bad bad teen girl movie shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, can you even <laughs> Buckshot Kiss says, I want that hourglass that lasts so long. Why yeah, can you even call it an hourglass? This is like a month glass. Uh all right. And then we get uh Jody Threat versus Sierra. I'm unfamiliar. Sorry. Um, I don't have any notes on this because from what I could tell, it was the same thing that we've been seeing. It's just, they're feeding another person to Jody threat. So if you like that sort of thing, here it was again, she hits her Toronto area code move or whatever, and, um, gets a win over Sierra. Um, did you see anything in sierra that may have potential or she's just another meat bag just another meat bag like if, if you like jody threat squash matches well have i got a deal for you <laughs> yes unfortunately the deal is uh yeah sierra not that thick blonde chick from nwa that's sienna this is sierra um Buckshot Kid says, "Cause someone tell her Punk died before she was born? Oof. No. No one can tell her that. Uh, does this not remind us of Masha? Nah, Masha was way more decisive and quick. Like, like they didn't get shit on Masha, essentially. And she no-sold everything that they hit her with. Right. Alright. Um... Right, I think that's well. I think that I think you're thinking of an NWA that's Sienna, not Sierra. Well, she's not called Sienna there. She's there she's um what's her name? I don't know. Well look, media watches NWA, I don't. So if he says Sierra's on NWA, I believe it. Because I've seen way worse wrestlers than her on NWA, so I'm sure they'd let her be on there. Uh God, what is her name right now? Someone's gonna tell you. Allison K, thank you. That's yes. yeah, that's what she's she is now. Allison K and Marty Bell. Hey, weren't they supposed to come over to Impact? They did for a, like a cup of coffee. I guess that was it. I guess they I guess they ran out of coffee cuz they're out of there. But anyway, um There you go. Yeah, they did not get the Trinity treatment when they came. So <laughs> Okay, uh so um Fat Eddie and Alicia try to set Frankie Kazarian straight. And tell him to follow their lead tonight. And Kazarian sarcastically agrees. And says, you know, I'm sure this will turn out just like, you know, honor no more. And leaves and leaves Eddie going, I don't like that you said that. Well, you didn't what, say what, that. I what, said what, that. Well, I mean, in that situation and the story, like, what, what's Kaz supposed to say? 
Like that's the only response you can say is, yeah, you saw how well that worked out last time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have no problem with this. I just, uh, but that's what happened. Uh, so that's the hook. Will Kaz follow his lead? <laughs> can they get along? Can they coexist? Um, so next here we have, I guess you're already not liking it and I, I kind of understand. Um, so, uh, detective Dango eliminates uh, Swinger and Zicky as potential suspects due to incompetence, which is funny. Um, I, I I like that where he said you guys are too dumb to have actually done it. Like I like that. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, Zicky Swinger worked for Warner Brothers Discovery or just wondering? Um. And uh, then he, uh, you know, they say his name and he appears and they believe in Joe Hendry. Clap clap. Um. And then uh, yeah, he accuses uh Hendry, but in a shocking swerve. Brandon, what happened in the shocking swerve? Hen, uh, Dango has his shirt ripped off, and we see a patch of hair missing off of his chest. He tries to make an excuse for it, but then he attacks Hendry and then says, I guess his case is closed, essentially saying it was Dango who attacked Santino. Yeah. Dude, that was my exact thought, Buckshot. That was what pissed me off so much about this. Like, Go ahead and read that comment out. Yep. They blew their load on this and they could have ran this for over a month. Exactly. Like you I I remember hearing a while back like people would say like, Oh, they hot shotted this, they hot shotted that. This was a hot shot. When you have something that you can run with, get so much material out of, and then you just blow it before you get the maximum value out of it. Yeah, and I assume he means they uh they could have ran it for an extra month, because they did kind of run it for a month. So you could have got two months at least out of it. Hmm. Or maybe they couldn't because, you know, they couldn't. Yeah. If you had the right, if you had the right people there, could have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but then again, it's a, I will say this in their defense, not to really defend them, but just being fair. Um, there is a, uh, there is a line you have to walk where you don't want it to go too long because it seems stupider the longer it goes. So, you know, like also you have sets of tapings clearly in different places. And, you know, I guess it doesn't matter in this case, you could just move his yarn board around the country, you know, and over the borders and everything as long as you need to. But, um, I think they probably exhausted most of their comedy possibilities, at least in terms of the premise. I'm sure Dango can continue to get things over with his delivery on, you know, an infinite weekly basis. But as far as their, as far as like the creative process and the, you know, the premise of it, I'm pretty sure they exhausted most of their humor on that board itself. And then they ran out of ideas there. So just coming up with all those pictures was probably most of what they could do. Um, I don't know. 
it's better to cut things off too soon than to let it go too long. But how soon was too soon? Was this really too soon? Yeah, this felt really abrupt. And it was um, not even just the timing of it, but it seemed very unceremonious. You know, just a pre-tape. I guess they were afraid that doing it in front of the live audience would fucking die. Which it probably would have if they did it like this. Um, but even if they had a big elaborate thing, uh, if the if for whatever reason the crowd that night was not responsive, um, then it would have looked even worse. So that's probably why they chose to do it this way. You know, you you could have had a segment where Dango has a police lineup of people, and like Santino goes through each one, and like this why it's not like insult like this like an insult at him. Or throw says something about them, then goes on to the next one. Just something like that, something extra. Yeah. Well, we don't get that, but uh, maybe uh, you know, because you have your own version of the show, you can see how long you can make this last. <laughs> uh. So um. But anyway, that's that. And uh, yeah, he leaves. He leaves Joe Hendry laying and like you said you said case closed so there you go that's where i thought we were going with this media was like this to introduce bringing in tyler breeze and have them as a team huh. fellow canadian mm. uh well here we have our main event and it features a canadian mascot animal moose even though he's not a literal moose and it has Fat Eddie, and it has Frankie Kazarian on one side. And on the other side, you have Jonathan Gresham, Yuya Uemura, and Alex Shelley. So these guys are competing to be the number one contender, right, for the beat-up PCO in the hallway championship. Um, and, uh, yeah, all I care about here is that I get a Moose entrance, and I got that. Uh, Moose is in the match. That's fine. Uh, everything was fine. I can't complain too much. Um, I will say this for Moose. Um, you, he, there was a spot where, who was it? I think it was Uemura was in the corner and Moose charged in and he like tackled the buckle, you know, which is, it looked really stupid because if Uemura didn't move, what was that going to be? You were just going to run into him chest first? That's the move you would choose to do? No, of course you wouldn't. You would have either tried to spear him in the corner, you would have done a running flying back elbow, or one of the other many things that Moose does that's not just take his peck and fly into the turnbuckle peck first. So, you know, even if you know you're missing, that's just one of those detailed things. If you know you're missing something, you still got to come with something. Right. You know? Um and that's why even if even if it's just sticking an arm up right and it's the same basic thing if you if you do a if you do a running back elbow or just if you look like you're trying to you tried to hit him with an elbow and he moved or whatever like just look yeah just look like you're trying to do something yeah and you you still are in position to come out and take the arm drag because i like how they did it the way they set it up was uh moose came off or Moose came off the rope, I think, and Uemura tried to arm drag him, and Moose was just too big and strong. So he blocked the arm drag. 
So they did a spot where he missed, hit the buckle, and his momentum was allowed Uemura to then arm drag him over after he, you know, took the took the hit and fed out. That's all fine, except for you didn't throw anything into the buckle. So that's where you, bam, hit the buckle after you missed the elbow, whatever it is, then roll, take the arm. So they, they, they had the psychology set up for the spot. They just missed that tiny detail. Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's my one, that's my note for Moose on that. Everything else was fine. Um, if you're a fan of Moose Cakes, there was a shot where the camera was like right on him as he had to pull his trunks down a little bit. Uh, so, you know, some for the ladies and some of the fellas. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then the finish was, uh, you know, of course, the question was, is Frankie going to get along and f- fall in line with Fat Eddie? And of course he's not. And he gets fed up. And he ends up clotheslining Eddie, and Alex Shelley hits the shell shock, and uh, he wins the match. So, there you go. The guy that's never been the TNA world champion is now looking good with that ever so important momentum that we like to we like to assign to people. Um, yep. That's what I got. What do you got? I thought they could have made this match actually have stakes and do something like if they would have made, like say they would have made the under siege match a six way and elimination match. Whoever gets the pin in this match can't be eliminated until the match comes down to the final two at under siege. Oh, okay. So an interesting. Like, 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 an, right like an immunity almost. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. I like that. They didn't do that. They did not. And they're not going to. Unless. Nah, they would. No, they're not going to do it. They are not going to do it. But yeah, that, that, you know, that was the angle. There was no further angle after. It was just they go off the air with the this one team victorious. And there you go. Um, and that's which, which, which is weird since it's every man for himself coming up in the pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they were more important. Like, there was always going to be an odd man out, I guess, just because of the way. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It do- does. I guess it doesn't really matter in the end. It was fine. Um, in the end, it doesn't really matter. That's right. They tried so hard and they got so far. Well, actually, they didn't try that hard. And they didn't really get far. You know, they had cardboard in front of a an exit door. Um, so, yeah, so that was that episode. Now, we had a different episode last week, and we, uh, we debuted a new segment. Um, and since our debut, uh, you know, Big Ray Hernandez has was a big fan of the idea and he even suggested like a lot of potential names for it uh so i'm sure you saw those but um you know did any of these did did you decide on any of these names or possibly even a different name for this segment uh yes i've decided to start calling it punching up impact i see that was not on the list (laughs) 
Um, so that that'll tell you why Big Ray's not on the creative team. Um, but yeah, so punching up impact. Wait, was that on the list? I don't think it was. Might was it? maybe. Oh, we'll go look. Well, since 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 the title is now punching up impact, at least tentatively, um here are here are a list of Big Ray's ideas uh for um <laughs> for this this segment and he ranked them. So uh, I will I will count down from number six. Uh, number six, he thought rebrand an impact, which is a pun on branding. Um, okay, not bad. He even said, "Get it." This is a text message to you. <laughs> um, number five, the pencil. Uh, number four, the rewrite. And right, yes, right spelled like you did it the right way. Uh, number three, wrestling rebooked. Number two, booked by Brandon. And number one, which is Ray's favorite, he had to let me know was his favorite because he ranked it number one. So I explained to him that yes, that's what ranking means. So you didn't have to say that, but nonetheless, his number one idea and favorite, impact by design. So those were Ray's uh, ideas. Um, to be fair, I thought number one was his best one. All right. So we got two votes for that one. All right. So punching up impact. <laughs> let's, let's do it. So this would have been the 511 edition of impact. That is correct. All right. All righty. So again, basically the idea of it is we take the show that they actually aired on 511 and basically kind of adjust it, uh, mess with some of the segments, take out segments, add segments, uh, change lengths, add wrestlers. It's a lot of the times they, a lot of people who are not on the show who they really should have on the show to kind of keep those stories going and keep the, and get more champions on the show that are missing. So that's kind of what a little bit of what this does and thread stuff throughout the show and, new angles, new segments, you know, what have you. So we're going to go ahead and start off. So yeah, this is the 511 edition of Impact Wrestling. And note to wrestlers on this show, no low blow finishes because we need that for the main events, or at least All part right. of the main event. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got intro, Pyro, and Ballyhoo in ring with a Macklin Singh Shara promo. Macklin says last week Singh Sheriff failed to win the match and eliminate PCO as well as Heath and Rhino. He says Singh and Sheriff have until the end of the night to make it up to him or the partnership is over. Singh pleads his case and guarantees that he and Sheriff will re-earn Macklin's confidence by the end of the night. Cut to the announce booth to give a uh, to give their thoughts on what they just saw as well as run down the card for the night as well as highlight the angle with Masha and Kelly going into their match. And then we go into match number one, which is will be DK versus Good Hands. And the, and the promo of the Good Hands cut on the way to the ring would be a lot more real and scathing promo on Chicago instead of the stupid, easy Cub stuff. Hmm. Okay. Now, on the promo with uh, the Champagne Army, do they, like, what's their out on that? Do they, he, they're pleading with uh, Macklin to give him another chance. Does he grant them another chance or are we supposed to, does he like walk off and, uh, or do they just leave this shit hanging in the ring like AEW would? 
Uh, he did make, yeah, it was actually just Macklin's ultimatum that they they make it up to him by the end of the night and he guarantees that they will. Oh, okay, okay. All right, sorry. Yep. All so right. Then, so, yeah, so, yeah, and so then Good Hands Music and Entrance, they do their new promo. Decay Music and Entrance, match goes like it does with Brian Myers getting involved. And then we go into the break, hyping the Kaz interview. Go to commercial, come back with Brian Myers in the Good Hands. Moose walks into the shot. Kind of like it goes with the same promo that we saw with them, except this time Moose tells all three of them to kick bricks. He's doing things his way. Then we go into the Kaz interview, same way as it was on the show. And our impact flashback this week is not what we saw. It was not the Taylor Wilde and Sarita winning the tag titles, but instead it is Joe Hendry turning down Katrina to instead stay friends with uh, Grado. Oh. That angle. All right. And then we go into a pre-tape with the uh, Dango, Dice, and Swinger where um, Hendry ends up showing up. And it plays like it did on the show, except it ends with Dango saying he's going to interrogate Dice and Swinger instead of them going, instead of him calling Santino and going into the match. Then we cut to Gorilla Position where Sheldon Gene is waiting for his music and entrance. Kenny King enters and he does the same problem that he did on the show. Then we go into the uh, Sheldon Gene versus Nick Aldis match. Goes like it does with Kenny King out on the headsets. And then after the match, King and Aldis jaw jack. And then security gets, runs out to get between them before it can get even further. Then we go oh, back to... Pause. Um, on the... on the uh, So I like the moving the Kenny and Sheldon thing out of that room, wherever it was, to a more live-seeming setting. Uh, do uh, the, the match, like we talked about last week, I said that match should have been real quick for Nick Aldis. Would you still have it that way, or would you still have them have a five-minute match? It might go a little bit longer to kind of give because they're if they're doing obviously doing something with Sheldon, they're doing something with him. Give him a little, just a little bit more, but still all this looking dominant. Like Sheldon didn't have a chance of winning. Okay, all right. I I would argue that the less you do a Sheldon, is better for the angle that they're trying to do with him and Kenny. That's because Kenny's an asshole and he can use that against Sheldon. If he's going to eventually become a sympathetic character out of this, then oh, right. He that see, that's why you need me. Cause you can't get it done without me. Yeah. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Continue. All right. So then after that match, you go to the next pre-tape of Dango die swinger and Hendry. And it kind of, we shoot it and do it kind of like an old 40 style PI interrogation. And that's where we ended with the whole phone call with Santino or Dango calling Santino and make the match with him and Swinger later on. I don't know, one of those rotary phones or maybe yes. perhaps the ones that has like the earpiece and the the mouthpiece? No, nah, rotary phone. We have a rotary phone. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. And then we go to the next commercial break. And then we have backstage uh Sing and Shira enter an unmarked locker room and then go to the next match, which is Masha versus Kelly. Goes just like it did on the show. And then we go to the Gia interview with Trinity in the back. Goes just like it did on the show with Jay coming in for the selfie. But we end it with Tasha coming in, offers to offers an alliance with Trinity. Trinity says she'll think about it. She just walks in the door and wants to get a feel for things before she makes any commitments. 
Let's see. Yes, yeah, so we've been missing Tasha and everybody lately. Uh, we also didn't have, despite Ray's number one ranked name for this segment, we didn't have Violent by Design this week uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So let's see how we how that plays out in the future. Yep. So then we go to, and then speaking of that, that's actually what we go to next. That Violent by Design promo that or vignette that ended with. Uh, Swan and Rit, I'm sorry, Swan and Callahan dressed up as other dudes and attacking them. Okay. And then we go to the next match. This is Dango versus Swinger. Same way as we did on the show. And then we go backstage to Heath and Rhino. Heath is in the back of an ambulance as paramedics look at him, and Heath tells Rhino that it was singing Shara who did this. Rhino is flipping out, and we see P- PCO in the background carrying a sledgehammer. Hmm. Then he cut to backstage. Next backstage, Macklin is in his locker room. He watches the last segment, very clearly pleased at what he saw, and we obviously know it was Singh and Shara who did it because, like you know, like I said, it was them. Moose walks into the shot and offers Macklin his services. Macklin brings up their past and mentions that he does not get in foxholes with scumbags. Hmm. Interesting. And then Moose calmly walks away, says he'll be back later in case Macklin changes his mind. And then Let's we see. have, yeah. and then we have a vignette of Subculture cutting a promo on ABC, followed by an ABC promo that they cut on Subculture. Hype knockout tag team title match for after commercial break, go to commercial, and then we are back with the tag knockout tag team title match. Coven defending against Perazzo and Grace. Match ends the same way, except this time Perazzo and Grace come to blows. And then after they get separated, Wild gets on the mic and she announces that the age of Aquarius is upon us and that Aquarius herself is on her way and she will appear at Under Siege. Okay. And obviously since they're not going to keep up with that story, that's just something I came up with. Aquarius is going to end up being Jordan Grace who turns heel and they help her win the title against Deanna. Um... Labrat says, "Did you call Moose a scumbag, good sir?" No, Macklin. No, did. M- no, and no, Moose did. Moose did. Yep, he's didn't he? Did, hasn't he referred to himself on air as a scumbag? He has. Back when the bully Ray thing, when he was trying to say, you know, I learned how to be a scumbag from you or whatever he was trying to say. Exactly. But in this, but in this literal instance, yes, it was written to be Macklin that says it. Yes. Uh, was the cardboard still at the fire exit? No, it wasn't yet at the no. fire exit because this is in the past. Yeah. Um, the uh, although it was the same building, so it's not a bad question. That is a very good question. Yes. All right. So I like that you added more moose into the show. I would still argue it wasn't enough. However, oh, just wait. Just okay. Wait. Okay. Yeah. My question here is, um, you know, like. What is the motivation for? Well, maybe this is maybe this is spoiling it, but where the motivation for Moose to want to get back in with Macklin is it just? Well, you know what? I'll let it play out. Let's 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 just see. Okay, so then we get a see. Yeah, we have so we have the end of the Knockouts Tag Team Title Match. Then we have a video of the a quick video of the history of the X Division. But then we see that it's been edited and messed and uh, messed with by Trey, where basically he just kind of interrupts it and just pops up. Like you remember back in when uh, they aired the Conan music video on on Nitro, and then the Disco Inferno would show up and do his thing. 
Like he'd pop up in it and make fun of it. And then as Vaguely. the playing. Kind of sort of that thing. That idea about Trey just putting himself over at the expense of the X Division. Saying like, you know, the X Division wasn't anything until he was there or s- something like that. And then he cuts the backstage of Trey watching that video. Scott Demore walks in and goes off on Trey for his disrespect to the X Division as well as the title. Trey blows him off. Kaz walks in, rips into Trey, and brings up his own history in the, as a pioneer of the X Division. And Demore makes a match for the X Division title next. And Trey is pissed he doesn't have time to get changed and ready. Going to commercial. We come backstage with Rhino, who is on the warpath as he looks for Singh and Shira. And we still see PCO in the background still carrying the sledgehammer. And then we cut into the next match. X Division Championship, Trey Miguel versus Kaz. Kaz music and entrance. Trey music and entrance in the street clothes. Doesn't even do his entrance gimmick. Very upset. Uh, it goes for a few minutes and that ends when, tr- ends when Trey sprays Kaz in the eyes with uh, spray paint. Beat down by Trey and then, th- and then he tags Trey with the spray paint with his logo. Uh, hold on. Did who 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 sprayed who in the face? Trey. Trey sprayed Kaz in the face. Yes. That's is that a DQ or is that the lead to another rollout? It would be a. It would it be it would lead to the lightning spiral. Okay, and then he tags Kazarian. Right, like after he's laid okay. out, like rips the shirt off, tags him with his logo. Okay, I was confused because you said Trey, so I thought, what, Trey tag Trey or Kaz tag Trey? <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, Trey tags Kaz. Is Trey any better at video editing than he is at tagging? Yes. Okay, good. I hope so. Well, you're writing the show. He can be as good as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so let me cut to opinion of Alex Shelley where he talks about his past accolades, and he mentions that he's never won the world title and why it's important to him. Then we cut to a vignette of Rosemary and James Mitchell in the undead realm. We got the angle. They're running it. We got to do something with it. As, as ridiculous as it is. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me think. Let me run that back a second. You said... Okay, so after this, we, we cut to... You said Alex Shelley? Or Frankie Kazarian? Alex Shelley. Okay, all right. Go on. Then he does, yeah. We cut, and then after that, we have a Rosemary and James Mitchell vignette in the undead realm. And as they're walking through it, Rosemary becomes overwhelmed with memories of her history with her and Taya. Like we see flashbacks of like you know their in-ring stuff, Wrestle House, them the Death Dolls, that stuff. And then as they traverse through the undead realm, they find out that this Aquarius is the one who's behind everything. And Rosemary plans to deal with her at Under Siege when her and Jessica take the tag titles. All right, let's okay. see. And then we come into the next match, X Division tag I'm sorry, X Division number 1 contenders match. Laredo versus Dorado versus Saban. Laredo music and entrance, Lince Dorado music and entrance, Chris Saban music and entrance, Saban over after 8 and a after a, yeah, the whole thing about 8 minutes. And then going to the next commercial break, we come back with Macklin in his locker room as he's stretching and getting ready for his match. Moose comes in again to give Macklin a chance to reconsider, and Macklin once again blows him off. And then we cut to backstage with Shara and Singh. They celebrate taking out Heath, and they talk about how they'll finish the job and restore Macklin's confidence in them. And then also again we see PCO lurking in the background carrying the sledgehammer. 
Then we cut to the announce desk where they hype next week's show and go over the Under Siege card. And our main events, the Impact World Title, Macklin versus Rhino. Rhino music and entrance, he's more intense and fired up than usual. Macklin music and entrance, and then the ma- and then we during the match we have a ref bump, which leads to a gore with a slow count. That's a kick out at two and seven eighths. And then Sing and Shira run out, distract the ref, and help beat down Rhino. And Macklin over Rhino with a KIA. Post-match, Macklin, Sing, and Shira beat down Rhino. And then we have Heath running out, taped up, carrying a chair spear to 76. Heath gets a few shots in, but then Macklin gets that one low blow on the show on Heath to cut him off. And then Heath gets beat down by Macklin, Rhino, uh, Mac, I'm sorry, Macklin, Sing, and Shira. They lay out Rhino some more, and then Macklin basically does to Rhino what he did to him on the show with the shovel and the stairs. And then, then they decide, him, Shira, and Singh decide to take things up a notch after Macklin makes it clear that they have redeemed himself and re-earned his confidence. And then as they're about to, before they have a chance to take things up to the next level with the violence on Rhino and Heath, PCO emerges from the crowd with the sledgehammer, lays out Singh and Shira. Macklin barely manages to get away. And as Macklin backs up the ramp, he turns around to eat a spear from Moose as he stands tall over him as we go off the air. Hmm. All right. Well, first, when uh, PCO's going crazy, hitting everybody with the sledgehammer, is he laying tiles on them ahead of time so that does he have them? Does he say like, "Here, hold this tile," and then they hold it like the, like the chair when RVD would do those things, and then he just hits the tile with the sledgehammer? Is that what he's doing? No, I'm 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 thinking more like the Triple H hand over the handle shots. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that works. Uh, so, um, so we're going off the air with Moose standing tall. Is that, is that what I heard? That is correct. Well, then I, I like get the this show idea. an A+. I like, I like this idea from Buckshot. Okay, we'll go ahead and read it. All right, with the Rosemary, we see her in the undead realm with Crystal Wild viewing from a crystal ball. I see. That actually would make a lot of sense. Which is weird talking about a supernatural angle in wrestling, but here we are. Well, it's better than what they normally do, yeah. Just have a camera there. Oh, we can only go to the Undead Realm with these special things. Well, we could bring this guy. Yep. Well, there it was. There's your uh, new and improved 5.11 impact. Um you know, there may be some things that, uh, like, were, were I on your creative team, we may have some discussions about some of those things. But, um, you know, overall, I think uh, the choices were, at the very least, um, like, at the, at the absolute least, they'd be a lateral decision. And most of them were a punch-up. So, uh, just trying to make more sense out of the direction that they want to go. That's the thing. Like when you're, if you're booking something yourself from scratch, you know you're gonna have way different situations and ideas for everybody. So taking what people are already doing has its own set of challenges because you have to kind of go along with what they're doing and see if you can get to the same place, even if it's a different way. Um, I think both having both skills on a team, or having people who can carry both skills, or what am I trying to say? Having a team with 
different people who can do each is important, in my opinion. Because that, yeah. that's where you have people who can, like, their strengths cover the weaknesses of every of, of their teammates. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, yeah, so there you go. Um, more moose is never a bad thing. So, if we ever want to get this on the right track to being the moose moose... Um, we're going to have to take it into our own hands. So I assume that under siege will probably end with Moose winning the championship somehow to go <laughs> to start the, a historic title reign that will never be surpassed. Uh, but you know, we'll just have to, you guys will just have to tune in to see if that happens. Um, but thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, and uh, please tune in next week um, until that time uh, Brandon what do you have going on not a whole lot uh, you can as always you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash miss Tia the transarchist as well as on twitter at transarchist Tia and you can also find me now at substack where I actually post these punch ups Mm-hmm. At uh, I can I can pull I can pull that headdress up. So I still knew I don't have that fresh in my head just yet. Right, you can just see uh, Brandon's script for the show like on here, and uh, you know if you if you get the address, then that way you can follow along when we do this uh, segment each week. Yep, I'm on Substack at HMG Brandon. All right, so check that out, and then. Um, Shit, I still got to make that bingo card one of these days. I'm getting lazy, uh, but anyway, I'm not. T- I'm, I may be lazy about making bingo cards, but I'm not too lazy in how much stuff I'm doing with uh, all these networks. So, besides that, opinion have on all your favorite social media platforms, except some of them, uh, including twitchtv haver where tomorrow is a true crime Tuesday, uh, where we'll be playing cooperative La Noir. That should be a fun. Uh, you know, and in the spirit of Dango and his detective and sleuthing skills, we'll see how good the chat is at solving crimes and uh, interrogating suspects. But, um, you know, uh, other than that, uh, on Hami Media Group, I'm all over the place, could be anywhere at any time, uh, but I'll definitely be in a concrete spot um, every Wednesday. Uh, at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for the next level wrestling review with Big Ray Hernandez. And, uh, you know, but you never know. Could be on the locker room. Could be on a light the fuse. Could be on a smack attack. You never know. That's why channelattitude.com is your friend. In addition, the PWC network uh, can also be your friend. They can be like a work friend. Um, and you can find me there on such shows as Monday Night Machismo or Rampage Uncaged or whatever. You can check out my episode of Shooting the Shit Uncensored with Piers Austin that's on his network. Um, so if you need more vet, then there's plenty of places to find me. Uh, and go ahead and do that if you'd like. Um, check out Wrestling with Rip Rogers every Friday. Not concrete, uh, but uh, they try. Um, and check out Stevie Richards, Stevie Richards Fitness. Check him out on the social media platforms, especially Instagram and YouTube for all the updates regarding Stevie, uh, new episodes of the Big Fitness Show, new uh, performance reviews of uh, exercise equipment. Um, you never know, just could be a shot on the, of him on the beach. 
which is always nice. So just uh, that's uh, that's Stevie Richards, and that's gonna do it for us. So for Brandon, uh, I'm Jamie Williams, and I don't have a sign-off line.